I heart Taylor. But you guys knew that already, didn't ya? <laughs> This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. Hey, what's up, Swifties, and welcome to episode 152 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name is Adam. I'm Diane. And I'm Sammy. And we've got a fun-filled episode for you, filled with some iHeartRadio music festival coverage and some other fun stuff for you, which you'll find out about in just a sec. So, let's kick it off with the news. Sammy, what has Taylor been up to lately? Um, So, Taylor posted outtakes number four for the Shake It Off music video. This week was The Animators, and we'll have the link in the discussion notes on taylortalk.org slash episode 152. Um, She was really cute and funny. And it was basically the same, but different dancers and not much else to say. <laughs> um, Taylor was also nominated for two VMA, no, two MTV EMA nominations this week for Best Female and Best Look. You can vote at tv.mtvema.com. And People Magazine named Taylor Best Dress of 2014. That's awesome. It is so awesome. Sweet. But- why are we naming her best dress of 2014 if it's not even October? Close um, enough. I, I, I guess probably just because they just figure she's just going to keep dressing well. So they're just kind of, we're just going to give it to you now kind of thing. I don't All right. know. You Fair know, enough. I've been seeing it articles odd. too questioning it. They're like, is Taylor really the best dressed? That's well, silly. I don't question that. I just question the timing of the article. It should have come out in, like, December. I'm not saying you question it. I'm saying people <laughs> question it, which is ridiculous. Yeah, that is pretty stupid. Like, she, her style is awesome. And it's very reflective of what her album is going to be about. So why are people questioning this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. People be cray. <laughs> they be cray-tay. All right, so also in the news is... Another, yes, another Rolling Stone article, mm-hmm. as if they haven't written about Taylor enough by now. I'm pretty they sure just, we're just going to get one each week. They're just going to keep pumping like out fun facts about Taylor Swift. Two a week? Probably. So this one is not quite as in-depth in the, as the other ones were, which is why it didn't warrant a main discussion, but it does sort of require a mini-discussion here, which is why we threw it in the, with the news. So... It talked about five things to know about 1989 and opened with the point, a New York state of mind saying the leadoff track on 1989 tries to capture the excitement of someone who just moved to New York. Now, something that's been kind of bugging me and confusing me, and I don't know if you two have an opinion on this, when they're referring to the lead track, are they talking about the first single or the first song on the album? First single. First song on the album. I got two dissenting opinions there. (laughs) Yes, well, I Googled it, and when you Google it and it comes up, it says, like, for, like, Undertale, like, I Googled, like, lead-off track Taylor Swift, and things that came up were, like, lead-off track Tim McGraw, lead-off track Mine, lead off, like, all the oh. first singles. So, um, Shake It Off captures the excitement of someone who just moved to New York? I don't know if that's can, a correct statement, though. I can kind of see that, because, like... Okay, so New York, for those who don't live in New York or have never been to New York, um, has, like, different neighborhoods, and that's kind of representative of each dance group that she has. I mean, they're not exactly the same, 
but there are, you know, different neighborhoods that are represented that way. It's very loud. It's very busy. It's very, um, you know, Taylor talks about just being herself and New York is very much about that. And she also talked about being afraid to live in New York and how she just had to basically suck it up and Mm -hmm. move to New York and she ended up loving it. So I can kind of see where they're coming from. But do the haters Um, hate, 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 hate in New York? On Fifth Avenue, they do. If you can get looked <laughs> up and down, if you're walking down the street in jeans and everyone, you know, you're walking into Tiffany's wearing jeans, they're like, I've done that before. <laughs> what are you doing here? That's so I, I, I can I can see where they're coming from. I thought it was a, I thought it was weird how they worded it, but I can see where they're coming from. OK, I, I guess I'm just interested to see what the first track on the album ends up being to see if that's more fitting mm-hmm. and yeah just how we can interpret that word yeah so i don't know that's that so next point they made was uh, fine young cannibals vibe where uh it's got a quote from jack antonoff who co-wrote with taylor on this album and what what is it fine young cannibals is that a song or it's, it's a gr- in, just- um it, yeah it's a group and it was supposedly their th- their sound um inspired the sound on um w- one of the I tracks w- and called um, I wish you I, yes I wish you would so it you sounds would. like we're getting some drums well specifically Jack Antonoff says he pulls the snare from it mm-hmm. which is a type of drum uh, yep. so that gives us a little I mean They're it gives us a hint like- as to the sound which is good. Yeah, I mean, if you use if you YouTube them and they're on YouTube and you kind of he, he's not specific as to what. So- oh, yeah, that is. She drives me crazy. Um, uh, but if you listen to any of their songs, you can kind of get an idea of maybe what this song might so- sound like. Um, well, I'd really like to see because it seems Taylor was really enthusiastic about it. Like, yeah, supposedly he played her just a, a short bit of it. Taylor's like, send me that track. It's like, I yeah. need it. <laughs> yeah. And it um, became a song. There was also a point in this article that Adam skipped. Um, I did no that, such thing. We skipped. Yeah, yeah, you deleted it. Um, oh, that talks about um, her working with Max Martin, and she, um, she talks about how he basically did half the album, and she didn't think that he she would be able to work with him. However, and I wanted to bring up this point for this specific reason: um, the songs that we know so far, which is not quite half the album, but we know a lot of songs. We know. I don't know how many off the top of my head. Six, seven, I don't know. Um, a lot of them were done by Jack Antonoff. So the basically the rest of the songs that we don't know were done by Max Martin. So it's kind of going to be an interesting balance to hear these songs that she did with Jack Antonoff compared to the ones that she did with Max Martin, I think. It's basically like comparing We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together with um, Sweeter Than Fiction. Sammy. Yes. For the record, before you go making vicious accusations <laughs> on someone, you should know that our notes that we are following for this episode, it was actually Diane who deleted that point. Okay, okay, fair enough. Sorry, I, Sammy, I, I just thought that people already knew that she was working with Max Martin, but <laughs> there I, was guess, a re- I guess there's a reminder now. <laughs> Max who? I was like, I know I wrote it. Where did it go? <laughs> it went bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> So talking about the next point, classic T-Swift journaling, talking about how one of the songs was taken straight out of Taylor's journal and another out of the woods sounds like it could have been. This makes me very excited. I'm 
kind of leaning more towards the one that came straight from her journal is one that we don't have a title for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could literally be about anything. Like, it could be about anything. And that is so exciting to me. I find it a bizarre bit in the article there, though, because every one of her songs is out of her journal. Like, yeah, maybe it's but, because I mean, the, this one sounds more personal in some way. Like, it sounds like it's more. Oh, and none like, of Taylor's songs sound personal, do you? No, they? of course <laughs> they sound personal. <laughs> There's a big difference between the writing styles of, like, we are never ever getting back together and all too well. And I think that's kind of what they're referencing. That all too well sounds more like, you know, a journal entry, whereas we are never ever getting back together is just like a rant with somebody kind of thing. Right. But I loved what Jack Antonoff said. And he said that it's, it read, it, parts of it read like a diary and part of it read like something 100,000 people would be screaming all together. And I think that that basically sums up taylor's writing in general mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah for it. sure <laughs> i thought it was cool that he said that and the final point from this article is spirit of discovery where it basically is talking about that the biggest influence or on oh, 1989 was 1989 and the feeling of freedom <laughs> you know and taylor does say it was an experimental time in pop music and i think that's very fitting of taylor because We've talked already about how she is in past episodes. I mean, we've talked about how she's going to she's going into pop now and she's going to absolutely change it because right now the theme of pop music is let's go out and do nasty things in nightclubs. That's pretty (laughs) much pop music in a nutshell. And Taylor is now bringing that storytelling aspect of the country genre Mm -hmm. into pop. I think it's also important to point out, and I point this out because I'm a music business major and so I have to know about this stuff, but um, classic pop songs have a very strict line that they stick to, you know, where it's like, you know, it's a verse and then a chorus and then a verse and then a bridge and then the chorus again. But Taylor kind of is trying to break out of that and, you know, it seems like, you know, her songs still have a organized way to it, but unlike most quote-unquote pop songs, um, hers don't aren't going to seem to stick to that, which I think is, like she said, reminiscent of songs from the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. They're experimental. Right. And experimental. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just thought of something going back to that lead-off track thing. I know that was a few topics ago. <laughs> that was what? a long time ago, Adams. Old it, news now. It was. It, it's such old news. I mean, Taylor said it like a week ago. I mean, why are we talking about that here? No one cares. It's totally irrelevant. Like, never mind the fact that somebody listening right now is already in the year 2016. That's crazy. (laughs) How do I know that? Because if I go back to our episodes two years ago from 2012, they're still getting downloaded. That's how I know that. You imagine that there's people listening to this before, like, the sixth album comes out? Whoa. (laughs) <laughs> okay guys let's, let's i blew sammy's mind but speaking of <laughs> speaking of leadoff track though and 1989 I, I you know i wonder if you know one of the theories we came up with months ago was that this would be a um what do they call it like sergeant pepper um um, um, um like a story album i mean i don't know quite the, the story's not the word i'm looking yeah. for there's an actual oh, phrase I know what you're for talking it about. and taylor did say that this was the most sonically cohesive sonically cohesive a concept album yes there's the word yes um 
I don't know. So I wonder if that is referring to the first track on the album, and it is about someone who just moved to New York, and the rest of the album tells their story. Like, it, it has a whole overarching story across the entire album. That would be really cool. It would be very interesting. I think it'd be super cool because that could be the beginning of the journey. And likewise, it was the beginning of a journey, a new journey in Taylor's life. So what if the lead track, the first track, is is the 19. title track, 1989? That's kind of where I'm going. It's themed similar to, or not similar, exactly to someone who just moved to New York. And then continues through the story. Shake It Off is somewhere in the middle after someone in the big bad city tries to bring her down. Mm -hmm. Then you go into Shake It Off and, you know, she stays out too late and has nothing on her brain and stuff. So (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of interesting. I I mean, I have been leaning towards the fact that 1989 would be the not only the title track, but the first track on the album, as she did with Fearless. Um... So that is kind of an interesting thought. Very interesting. Well, thank you, Sammy. I'm glad you like my thought. So those were those were the five points. Like I said, kind of a mini discussion there. It wasn't quite, a, you know, a long discussion, but it was definitely worth talking about. And I'm glad we got to cover that. Now, Sammy, I, I interrupted your news segment. I think you have a little bit more. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I do. Um, so ja- after this Rolling Stone additional, additional, additional article came out, um, Jack Antonoff from Fun and co-writer of Taylor's um, tweeted some corrections to the articles, to all three of them. Um, his first correction was that the bonus track referenced in the second article, which is the 22 things you learn when you hang out with Taylor Swift, is called, is called You Are In Love, Not You Are Loved. And he said, quote, you are loved is a beautiful title, but you are in love is so much more so and the actual title. (laughs) So there's that. That makes Um, a lot more sense. And that changes a lot of things. The 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 changes changes the thought of the song. Yeah, definitely. All right. Into a song Um, (laughs) analysis. What does everyone think? this? No, I'm kidding. We don't have time for that this episode. (laughs) Um, The next thing he said was that um, in the new article, which is the one we were just talking about. Um, it references um, Jack sampling fine young cannibals for a song that will become um, I Wish You Would. Um, and then Jack said that the snare is inspired by the fine young cannibal song, not sampled. And he said he wouldn't take that snare. He would rather make his own. So there. Um, and then the last thing he said was not an actual correction. It was just something that he felt that he needed to say. And he said, quote unquote, out of the woods is one of the most important things I've ever been a part of. And I cannot wait for you to hear it. Me either. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> You're like, way to tease us. <laughs> We're like kids in a candy store on Christmas Eve. We're like, I want, I want, I want. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. That's it. I'm done. And one last bit of news for you guys. I got to insert here because, uh, Well, it happened after we initially recorded this episode. On Saturday night, September 20th, Taylor invited a big group of fans to her house in Los Angeles for what I assume is called 1989 Secret Sessions because that's the hashtag they're using on Twitter. These lucky fans got to go to Taylor's house, have some food, yum, but best part of all, they got to listen to 1989 in its entirety with Taylor telling them what those songs are about. Now, before you get too excited about, oh, I'm going to go find one of those people and ask them, what's your favorite song on 1989? What's it about? What are the song titles? 
they were sworn to secrecy, so good luck getting it out of any of them. But congrats to everybody who got to go and attend. What a special event that must have been. I'll let you guys get back to the uh, episode now. Bye-bye. Coming up on Taylor Swift's calendar, bust out your pens and calendars, or I guess you young kids today use those iPhones and Samsung calendars, yeah, right? Yeah, because you were on the Apple website at 3 a.m. trying to buy the iPhone. I know I was, and I couldn't <laughs> get my new iPhone. It's not coming for weeks. Why are they so back-ordered? It's because they're trying to build hype. It breaks my little heart. I want my new iPhone. Oh, you'll It'll be fine. Can we do the calendar now? Yes, that yes Diane, what does Taylor have coming up? Okay, well, on October 20th, Taylor will perform on the finale of X Factor Australia, which is really cool for those mm-hmm. of you who live in um, Australia. Um, and then on October 27th, 1989 is released. And- Diane, what? it's 2014. What did I say? I'm messing with you because you're like on the way you read it. Like you're you're like on October 27th, 1989. (laughs) Like that's oh, you like really scared me for a second. I thought I did something bad. I was teasing. Can't I do that? October 27th, 2014. Taylor's album 1989 is released. That was clear. Okay. Great. Also, on that same day, Taylor will be performing on GMA Live in Times Square. Which GMA? Good, Good morning, morning America. America. Oh. Brain fart. Sorry. And no, then- I'm like, okay. Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> GMA. It's the abbreviation for Grandma. Can I keep going? Yes. Okay. And then finally, on November 9th, Taylor will be performing at the 2014 MTV European Music Awards, mm-hmm. also known as the EMAs. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that one out, or I could have, like, I don't know. You could have stopped me again? I could have teased you like Sammy and been all like, VMA. What are the Emmas? <laughs> what are the Emmas? I don't know. So thank you for the calendar, Diane. Hope you guys got that all written down so you could keep up with Taylor and her career. On to our main discussion for the episode, the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Taylor loves it because there are so many genres represented all on one stage. And she's also on stage with other people, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I That joke was a lot better in my head. Sometimes they are like that. It was like, one of those yeah, things I misworded. It. What I was trying to joke about is that all the genres represented were all in Taylor herself. And then there were other people also. Oh. That's deep, that man. went over my head. I know. It's because I worded it poorly. I should have scripted that one before we recorded it instead of trying to improv it. It oh, happens. It. So let's talk um, Taylor's performance because here's the thing. This would happen. I'm going to tell you guys a story. Once upon a time, Adam from Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast, tried applying for press credentials to the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Are we really oh, telling this story? That happened. Oh my god, I didn't forget that happened because I kept waiting for Adam to text me saying we got them, so I'd have to. Book yeah, a well, it, it, I, <laughs> I applied for them. I told them I was like, "Look, our focus is Taylor Swift, but we will report on the entire event for you." Mm-hmm. We got denied anyway. So, haha, I heart people. Now we're just talking about Taylor because it's all our audience cares about anyway. And you guys got to go anyway. I'm, so. I'm sticking my tongue out at um, the I heart PR team. <laughs> you guys just can't see it out there. But anyway, no. In all seriousness, though, let let's let's talk Taylor for a minute. Mm-hmm. Now she opened the performance, and 
obviously she the whole show well the whole show yes the whole but festival of today, course she um, opened her own performance that oh. would make sense <laughs> yep. You had to get me for technicalities, so I'm going to get you for technicalities here. Do you mind? I'm trying to give a spiel here. Oh, give your spiel. So she opened the festival mm. as the first performer. And if you guys remember, on Thursday, the day before her performance, Thursday the 18th, there were photos of her filming something Some mysterious in the thing. MGM hotel lobby and also the valet area. And we didn't know what until tonight. Well, mm-hmm. just to clear things up, we're recording the night of iHeart. I know I'm sorry you guys have to wait till Monday to hear this. They don't know that. Guys, They're listening so to bad. it right now. They're just like, dang it, this was this was a thing for two days. And- They're going to be like, wait a second, yeah, this episode was ready two days ago and you guys <laughs> made us wait. Now. Yeah. Remember the people from two years from now that are listening to this? Go I love you, then. future people. Yeah, You're me cool. So anyway, so we finally got to see what the video was for, and it was what opened the festival, unless you count the Macy's award-winning band that was actually rather good. But they, were they didn't show that on the stream. Oh, they didn't did show it? that. No. Interesting. Those poor boys. Yeah, yeah, those poor guys. But there was a, there was a band that won a contest, and they got to open for. Um, it was like I before Heart. you before exit. Before you or exit, something yes. Like that. They were good. I liked them. Megan and Liz did it two years ago. The next Jonas Brothers. Jonas Brothers 2.0. Only oh, they're better. <laughs> um, anyway, so back to Taylor. So she opens with this video, and it shows her going through the hotel. Like, she pulls up in this classic car from 1989, if you want to call it. No, it wasn't classic. from 1969. Yeah, but the license plate said 1989. License plate said 80 now, but the car was from 69. How do you know that? Like, did you look up the car? I know everything. No, I no. just assumed. But like, I did not I look up the car. I assumed it too, but it, it's a six, it's a 69. Okay, whatever, Sammy. Anyway, <laughs> so it had 89 on the plates, and she rolls in, goes into the hotel lobby, and is, like, throughout the whole thing. First of all, shout out to Taylor for taking a sip of a martini. Was it I a think Cosmo? It was a Cosmo. Yeah. Because I also like Cosmos. Because I can. It was I, in a martini glass. I can it was like a, it was a like a Sex and the City thing. I was like, it's a Cosmo, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so she drank it. In the meantime, throughout her little journey through the casino, she's being stalked by some creepy dude, and uh, she stops to have a sip of her drink, places a bet on thirteen black on roulette, uh, and I was gonna make a dumb comment here. But then I looked it up and realized there is no 13 red because that would have made more sense for her. But <laughs> such a spot doesn't exist, apparently. Huh. Interesting. I, I know. I Googled it. I Googled it. Way to use your resources. I do what I can. <laughs> so she continues to get stalked by this creepy guy. It goes through this awesome, like, secret agent, like, blows some dust in there's laser beams. And, of course, Taylor stumbles and sets off the alarm. It's yeah, Taylor. Uh-huh. Then from there, she continues to get stalked by the creepy guy until he confronts her and reveals himself to be none other than Ryan Seacrest. Dun, dun, dun. I love him. Ryan Seacrest (laughs) is just a wannabe Adam. Oh, okay. Uh, Okay. Okay, and then what happened? I tried. (laughs) I tried. I want to be Ryan one day. That's why I do this podcast. And then? And then? (laughs) And then... They fought over the briefcase Taylor was handling, and Taylor busted out her phenomenal acting skills, of course. 
And then Ryan bullied it away from her and opened it to reveal a sparkly microphone to which Taylor said, I know what I have to do. And then she goes confidently onto stage, but before she got there, walked into the door. (laughs) (laughs) That was a beautiful rendition of her video. I do what I can. So... And we'll have the link for those who can't visualize things <laughs> yes. in the show notes at taylortalk.org slash episode 152. Sammy, a good storyteller can paint a picture in the minds of their listeners. A good story For those who can't right. see the painted picture, <laughs> it's Rude. down below. Can we talk about the set list now? Yes. Yeah, let's get – well, first, I mean, I want an opinion on that. What did you guys – okay. What? Well – I was going to ask what you guys thought of it, but <laughs> we, we you obviously didn't like it. Well, I no, thought it was too. short. I, I, I actually would have, I mean, call me crazy, but I, I would have liked her. Perf- can I call perform. you maybe instead? You can call me maybe. Um, but I would have liked her to perform at least like seven songs, but she only did five. Oh, we're talking about her performance now? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. She did perform five songs. And, like, that was awful because hers was the best performance of the night, in my slightly biased but also unbiased opinion. No, because I sat at home while I waited for you guys and I watched the rest of it and nobody lived up to her. Sorry. Of course they didn't. She put so much effort into it and And she she had a big old 1989 behind her and... And then, of course, like, they let Nicki Minaj, like, run the night and go on for, like, 30 songs. I don't know why people were shocked by this. Everybody was like, oh, she's going to sing eight songs. Oh, she's going to sing new songs. Oh, she's going to do this. Oh, she's going to do that. It was exactly the same as in 2012. She sang five songs. Five songs. She sang, like, her top hits, too. And and uh, sang her top hits and move along. And what we should note, though, is that she sang her top pop hits. And she no sang one top song that was popular on both, and she changed it to make it. I don't know what she made it, but it was phenomenal. I don't even know what that genre would be. Like, you want to know what it is? And I talked about this story on remix? Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Are we, can we talk about Love Story right now? Well, like, can we actually? I just really quick want to read off the set list for okay. anyone that missed it. So um, she opened with We Are Never Getting Back Together. Which was exactly Went into the 22, same as I, I Knew You Were Trouble, a Love Story remix, and then Shake It Off. So why don't we go in order? Like, although going in order, we are never getting back together. 22 and I knew you were trouble. were pretty standard. The only thing I want to say about technically, I want to say this about all of them, but it really stood out to me in 22. And I kept saying this. I mean, she had, she found a use for the horn line that is very prominent in shake it off. Um, And she found a use for them in every song so she I also guess- found it use for one of the horn players bum bums <laughs> oh my god uh, she just gave yeah, him a little she did. affectionate she did. pat on the bum she did it and was I adorable were- no, that it was in shake it off shake it off yeah. um but <laughs> i really 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 appreciated it and really really liked the use of the horn line in all of the songs but especially in 22 that's um, um interesting sammy because i actually didn't like it at all no really? i i did also sammy i'm on team sammy with this one <laughs> like i was you obsessed guys liked with it. it i was like this is gonna sound so awesome on tour i'm so excited for these guys i'm so excited that they're like part of the like the agency now and like mm-hmm. um I just I loved it. Like I, I would didn't call notice... that semi-confirmed, Sammy. Well, 
because one of the guys i forget which name on his website has his taylor appearances listed but Uh he's got a lot of other appearances listed it doesn't look like he's a full-time taylor band member and Mm. we don't have a tour announced yet so i'd say i'd uh, sammy sammy (laughs) i'd say we have to just wait and see whether or not they do become permanent yeah but then one of the other already permanent band members tweeted and introduced them to everybody Okay, well, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but one of the reasons why I didn't necessarily like that sound is I, I, I am just so used to what those songs are supposed to be in my head. And these horns just kind of threw me off. I mean, I don't think they sounded bad necessarily. I was like, whoa, there's a trombone in here now. Like, I didn't, what's going it's, on? It's funny because I didn't notice them in We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, but in 22, I hardcore noticed them. Yeah. Um, and I really liked it in 22. I will also say that I was not a huge fan of her performance in 22 tonight. Um, other than the horns, I thought she sounded kind of nervous, which I thought was weird. She actually did um, look a little bit nervous. It, I don't like know it's why. It, it just, it was, I'm not saying it's bad. Y'all are going to tweet me and hate on me, and I'm really sorry, but I just, I wasn't feeling it. But the horns, they made it a lot better. Um, I knew you were trouble I can't really speak to because my live stream decided to drop out on me. So I didn't really see any of it. Um, it was pretty but I'm much sure the it was same good. as, as, it was as tour. Like, we are never, ever going to be back together? Okay. Yeah. Like, I saw the very, I saw the tail end of it where, you know, she does the, the drop part. You but know. Um, I actually thought she sounded really well in all of these songs. Like, not well. She sounded really good. Yeah, that, I was like, that's songs. a really awkward word choice. I know, there. sorry. She sounded really good. She sang more runs than I think she has ever done. So, I mean. More what? Runs. Yeah, like, what? You know, like her voice just, she'll like hold notes longer or oh. like add more notes. <laughs> is is that the belt. actual it's term called, for that? I think it's called a belt. Belt? Okay. Belt. I think so. Sorry, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. A, um, I don't know these but things, yeah. but um, she just sang the songs more than she usually has done in the past. Yeah, they were definitely extended out. Mm-hmm. I can, I can see that. I think 22 was probably the shortest that it was like pretty much verbatim what it was on the record on the album. Mm-hmm. 22. Yeah. We were just talking about the addition of the horn. No, no we're, I we're mean her, her physically now. singing it. Oh, 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 the vocals. Right. Okay, yes. I yes. see what you're saying. But can we talk about Love Story now? Hang on. Slow your roll. So just kind of summing it up, you guys can definitely watch videos of those. We'll get those three in the show notes as That's well right. as the other ones. TaylorTalk.org slash episode 152. But yeah, Love Story was the most changed song on this set list. So now we can talk about it. And I don't even know how to define the genre of this song. I don't know how to define the genre. It was but like I- slowed down. I mean, I think it was still pop. It was definitely pop. There was, was not there's some more like beats to it, and there she played the keyboard along with, you know, the rest of her band playing. Um, there was horns in it, um, and I'm gonna say this, and Adam's gonna hate me, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Why it reminded Adam hate you. Oh no, he's gonna hate me because I'm gonna say it, and he's gonna hate me. Um, it reminded me, sound wise, of something that Lord would do. Oh, I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah. Well, Sammy, I'm going to counter your hate and say that I didn't really like this performance. Well, there you go. And now I'm going to get lots of hate from everybody. However, it was, I mean, parts of it were okay. Something that really bugged me and I found annoying was the repetitive, um, whatever the background singers were doing. See, that's the part that I thought sounded like Lord. 
Oh, it was awful. That repetitive. What, what <laughs> did? What, how'd that note go? Someone remind remind me. I, I don't know. I think it was like a yeah sound. Like they were, they were saying. Yes. Hang on, we gotta. You, you know guys chat amongst yourselves. I'm pulling it up on YouTube. <laughs> um, I just I thought it was awesome. I thought it was, it wasn't completely changed because let's be honest, Love Story was basically her first like crossover song that played on both pop radio and country radio. Um, but it was definitely a mixed version, and I think it's a really and we're gonna talk about this in a second. Um, a really good reflection of what it she's going to sound like performing it on tour right. because you know, and I said this on Twitter and I said this on Facebook or maybe I didn't say it on Twitter, but I said it on Facebook um, that I was kind of getting bored of love story. I mean, she's love story. It. The one she made Motown on no, red. That was, no, um, that was, I that was along with me. Oh, yeah. that was you belong with me. Which um, is an um, interesting thing, Adam, because I did not like that version, no, but I didn't, love and, this version of no, Love Story, and it's yes, completely different, but I yep. love it. Well, wrapping back around for a sec, I, I found the sound because I YouTubed it really quick, and it was this, the background singers, they kept doing this, oh! Oh! <laughs> and it was just this repetitive throughout the song, and I'm like, that is the most annoying thing ever. Really like, liked. if you took those out, the song would have been phenomenal. No, but that they needed to be in there. No. Yeah. I think it added more sound. No. I, it, it added more dimension to it. Okay, but then they could have done a different thing than a repetitive, oh, <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> See? Yeah, but it's you. It, it's, it's not, not them. No, what, is, what does it matter if it's me or them? It's the it same sound. It's not annoying when they do it, and it's not annoying <laughs> when it's behind Taylor. But the point I'm trying to make is that for me, and I'm sure I will get hate for this. I mean, obviously, Love Story is by definition Taylor's song. She's always mm-hmm. going to perform it. You know, she could be 80 and everybody will remember Love Story. Um, but I really hope that if it's not this version, although I hope it's this version, even though Adam doesn't, um, that I'd be she, fine if you took out the backup singers or at least made them do the something singers. else. You um, can give the song a full song, full sound without having them do those uh ohs. <laughs> um but i hope that she um keeps the remixed version or the revamped version i'm trying to remind myself to say because it's not really a remix um and plays it like that on tour rather than the very classic you know let's play it with an acoustic guitar and have it be all happy and lovey and dovey the end the end I'm indifferent to this version. Um, I definitely, I took a video of it because it was so unique. And I think uh, I put it up on YouTube because I did want to share it with other people. And I, I it just, I wasn't into it personally. I what would you it. have preferred, a regular version of it? Just the, Actually, yeah, I would have preferred a regular version. I'm not saying she couldn't have, what's the word you used, revamped it or yeah. redid it yeah. or gave it a new sound. I wouldn't be opposed to that. It, just not this sound. Okay. This one didn't do it for me. I like that she was playing the piano. Well, keyboard. Rather than guitar thing. or keyboard, yeah. I thought that was an interesting choice. Not mm-hmm. an, uh, I don't know. I, I, It was a very obvious choice that she didn't want to play acoustic guitar because, I don't know, maybe she thinks that's too country. I have no idea. Which kind of begs country. to question I mean... what is she going to do on the B stage. But, um if there is a, even a B stage, if there is even a tour, but um, if there is even a tour, Sammy, I think she's. I I, I think we can blasphemy. safely assume there will be a tour. We can't hey, guarantee hey, it because it has not been announced. But I think it is safe to assume. 
Um, but yeah, I loved it. Now, something I find interesting, and it's only because you brought up the point that it had a lord sound to it. <laughs> Get over it. I don't like Lord. I cannot yes, stand no, her music. Adam, she favored in my tweet this week. I'm in love with Lord this week. I think she's a sweet girl. I'm sure she's a very nice girl and she, I'm sure she's a great-hearted person and her and Taylor have a lot of fun hanging out, but I don't like her music. That's Fair my enough. choice. Okay. I don't have to like her music because Taylor's friends with her. Anyway, but because you pointed that out, Sammy, about it having a, a, a lord sound to it um you know and then she's got these upbeat intense songs uh she still did her hair flip thing even though she has a lot less hair now <laughs> and it was curly <laughs> tonight that needs to be noted it was curly it was curly it i think was it was super- more wavy no it was it was borderline old school taylor curly it just was short Okay, well, the point I'm trying to get at, or at least have been for the last few minutes, is I think that she put together a unique set list and a unique sound specific for iHeartRadio. Thinking about it now, and I could be completely off base on this, but the different sounds of all the songs and doing that to Love Story, I think because Taylor noticed that it's fans of all genres that she tried to kind of create a few different sounds throughout her performance to sort of give something to everyone because that's something she's always tried to do is give her audience the best show possible. Yeah, and I think while it definitely was, I would say, probably 100% pop, um, each song had its own unique sound, like Adam said, and that is very reflective of what Taylor loves about playing at the iHeartRadio Music Festival. I mean, she could have gone with just a classic, you know, acoustic version of Love Story, but, you know, as she said in interviews backstage, she doesn't want to chase two rabbits anymore. She wants to just Pick play one. with one run yeah. rabbit. <laughs> um, Good so analogy, Sam. They were definitely all pop, but um, I agree that they all had their own variety, and while some of them were pretty much the same as we've heard them before some of them weren't right now there is one song tonight we can't shake off no which one is that shake it (laughs) up shake it up she's okay i will also say this and i'll get a lot of hate for this too well haters gonna hate 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 i know i will say that every time i say that nobody ever says anything mean to me but i just have to preface it every time i'm gonna say something that people might hate Um, no if people hate it just throw it out there sammy do you know what (laughs) let me tell you something sammy someone i hate that is insanely popular is perez hilton Hate is a strong word. Like, just because you say things people hate doesn't mean they can't still appreciate you for saying it. Okay, fair enough. But um, every performance thus far that we've seen of Shake It Off has gotten better and better and better. So, like, the VMA performance, meh. Um, And then she performed in Germany, and it was good. And then she performed it tonight, and it was even better. And she was having fun on stage, and she was playing around with her band and playing around with... um, the, the backup singers, I was really surprised she didn't have any dancers for Shake It Off, this Shake It Off performance. Um, yeah, because it was just her um, alone, and we haven't really seen that before. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed that she, dancing. she played, well, she was she dancing. played around. Yeah, she the, did. The she horn danced. guys were getting into it. Which I really appreciated that it was very much a song that it was her and her band and her dance and her, her singers, and she just was having fun and enjoying it, which is what 
iHeartRadio Music Festival is about. How many times can we say that in this episode? Um, um, but say the it point ten I'm times fast, to... Sammy. iHeartRadio Music Festival. iHeartRadio Music Festival. iHeartRadio. Okay, I'll stop. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is that it just that performance just keeps getting better and better and better. And by the time we see it on tour, it's gonna be freaking phenomenal. Well, Sammy, and- the old saying is "practice makes perfect," and I'm glad you brought up the past performances because there are so few live performances of "Shake It Off," and I am quite honored that I was at one of the early ones. This was third, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which was pretty cool, and we can compare it to some of the others, and yeah. I think you're right. It has gotten stronger each time. I think it's probably the most similar to the one she did last time or in Germany. Um, obviously, she didn't have all the dancers, and I kind of feel like dancing-wise, she might have more dancers like she did for the VMA performance on tour, um, right. but I feel like the VMA performance is like a standalone thing, Whereas performance-wise, the way that Shake It Off sounded in Germany and at iHeart is probably more reflective of the way that it's going to sound on tour. Fair fair? point. Like, I I just wanted to say that this performance of Shake It Off gave me personally a whole new appreciation for the song. Really? That's that's saying something. Because there was a time when you were like, I'm tired of hearing it on the radio. It's so repetitive. That's not what I will be honest and I will be honest and say that Shake It Off is not my favorite song of Taylor's catalog. What? Blasphemy, Adam. Uh, no, get, oh, but it, it's it's not. <laughs> it is not my favorite song of her catalog. And that's not to say it's not a good theme and story and things like that. But it just uh, it doesn't do it for you. It just doesn't do it for me, which is fine. But. I can appreciate the fact that seeing it live makes it a lot better for me than listening to it on the radio. That is and very why is that? Just because you're, you're, you know, you're there and you hear the music and it, you, you want to dance too, or what's? I'd say it's a combination of things. I mean, I think you kind of hit on it right there. And when Taylor puts on a good performance, you know, fun is contagious. And when Taylor's having fun, the audience is having fun. And when the audience is having fun, they like her music more. Um, something I've always noticed, regardless of the artist, not just Taylor, not just anybody, it could be, or sorry, it could be anybody, is when you see them live, all of a sudden you become like a way bigger fan of them. Yeah. I don't know how that effect happens, but it is something I've observed. It's something, you know, for example, everybody knows that I have a fanboy, uh, man crush on Luke Bryan, Mm. if that's what you want to call it. Taylor will always be the love of my life, but I do love Luke also. Um, that happened after Taylor brought him on stage at one of the Nashville Red shows. Mm-hmm. Which is one year tomorrow. Uh, today. What is wrong with my phone? Okay, never mind. I don't mind. know what's wrong with your phone, but I'm pretty it's sure the first show was one year ago. Today, no, no, September no, no. 19th. Oh, right, right. Never mind. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. September 19th, 2013 okay, was well, the first one. September 21st, 2013 yeah. was the third Red Nashville show and the end of the U.S. leg of the tour. And Hunter Hayes. I know something about Taylor stuff that Sammy doesn't know. No, because it's 3.30 a.m. Yeah, in New York. And she's no longer in uh, September 19th. <laughs> That's why. Different day. It's actually not the 19th here on the West Coast anymore either. Today is the 20th. <laughs> so you lose. It's the 20th as of a half hour ago. So 
Um, but that's not the point. The point I'm getting at is seeing it live, seeing Shake It Off live gave me a new appreciation of the song, something I couldn't appreciate by simply hearing it on the radio. Or, yeah. So, that is that. Now, I guess one last thing with iHeart is something we sort of mentioned but didn't quite get in-depth into. Is this going to be a reflection of what we see on tour? I think performance-wise it will be. Um, if you remember back to two years ago, she had the um, the giant red sign um, at iHeart, and she brought it to Jingle Ball that year also. And she had the 1989 sign at the VMAs this year, and she brought it to iHeart with her. Uh-huh. And if she plays Jingle Ball, which I don't know why she would or she wouldn't, I don't know, um, she would probably bring it again. Um, but I don't know that that part would be there. The part that I think might is if you watch behind her, there were like, she had like almost like animation going on behind her. Um, that was very 1980s-esque, and I can kind of see her and them doing that. And it looked like goes... a 1980s video game. Yeah, it was yeah, really that's cool. exactly All these bright was. colors. And I think that if that kind of goes back to what we were talking about with a concept album of, like, you know, having, like, the 1989, like, um, I don't know what they're called, but they used to have, like, like, arcades were really big then, and, like, you played, like, you know, asteroids and all of those kind of games. Were and... they actually? This is why, can we call yeah, and wake Atari, up Steve Atari. to ask him? He was, he was in the 80s. He would know. He, he, he was, was a baby in the 80s. Yeah, he was like, no. He was like a teenager in the 80s. <laughs> he was like, was, oh, you're right. He was. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Steve, so we love you. He would have had an Atari. The point being is that he would have had an Atari. Um, What's an Atari? So, Ata- are you kidding? It's an old video game. Oh. It's kind of like a Nintendo. Um, oh, okay. But before Nintendo. Oh, Fun fact, Steve Jobs worked uh, for Atari. Really? I didn't know that. Um... But I'm pretty the point sure that was being, can I make my point, um, Go for is it. that I feel like, you know, the things with the images behind her and things of that nature, the colors and that kind of thing, that stuff I think will be there. Um, I And the, you know, she had like a city background and like all that stuff. And that goes along with what she said about the lead off track, whichever song that is, whether it's a first track or mm-hmm. shake it off, um, having a New York City vibe. Um, and I think that that will be there, but probably not the Well, comparing it to iHeartRadio 2012, the Red Tour was not a reflection of her iHeart performance. No, Maybe vocally, even... yes, but the performances, for example... And costumes, that was That was when she had recently come out with We Are Never Getting Back Together. That's when uh, We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together was the Shake It Off and the new hit single. And for that... She aligned it with her music video where she brought out woodland creatures and things of that sort, which never actually made it to the tour. So that leads me to believe that this is a standalone performance. I I would have to agree with that, because if you look at all of her performances in 2012 and 2013 after iHeart, which includes the EMAs and includes, um, I don't know, a couple other ones, but the EMAs are standing out to me those were very reflective, the Grammys, mm-hmm. um, those were very reflective of tour. I mean, the, the Grammy performance was the circus performance. Was the exactly EMAs tour. was The EMAs had the pretty much the exact same costume for um, I Knew You Were Troubled, but iHeart was a, was a standalone um, as well as the VMAs that year. So I kind of feel like Adam's right. But okay, I think musically so then, right. it would be similar. 
Okay, so then that means that the next time that she sings this song, that potentially could be the um, tour performance. I don't know about the next time because the next time is going to be X Factor, and X Factor she's saying um no x factor definitely won't be because she's not given a full set oh, no. like she's no, basically but, on their yeah. stage um, i would i think the next one will probably be the emas whatever she sings at the emas and however she sings it will probably be a reflection on her performance of tour cool can't wait and that be also excellent. because that's also after the album comes out so we'll already have the entire album uh-huh. to kind of make guesses about tour and things like that Alrighty, so I hope everybody enjoyed our iHeart discussion. I hope you had a chance to watch Taylor's performances. If not, we will, of course, get you some videos up on taylortalk.org slash episode 152. And for the first time ever, not the first time ever, but in a long time, I'm going to say this. I would really appreciate it if you went and watched because a few of the videos, specifically Shake It Off and Love Story, were shot by yours truly. I videoed those. And I would love it if you guys would watch those videos, which will be on taylortalk.org slash episode 152. So (laughs) let's move on to a segment where you guys help us out. Let's hear from the audience, shall we? Yes. Some You Know Your Swifty When mini segment submissions. So first one, Jordan emailed us and said, you know you're a Swifty when your running music playlist on your phone is all Taylor Swift songs. Oh, man, I don't run, so I don't have one of those playlists. I wonder if they're all fast songs or if you have some slow down songs. Like, I'm very curious about this now because I don't run either, but I can't imagine running to like all too well. Well, how about running to We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together and you pretend like you're running away from your ex? It'll inspire you to run faster and harder. We're running to shake or you are running to shake it off and like you just like start dancing in the middle of. You know, running, whatever. I don't know. (laughs) Sammy don't know. I don't know, and I don't care. Okay. The next one comes from SpongeBob Joey, and they say, (laughs) you know you're a Swifty when you have a Spotify of 75 Taylor Swift songs. Boom. I don't know what a Spotify is. You know what a Spotify is. It plays music for you. It's you young kids in these apps. It's an app that you can download on your computer and listen to free songs. It's pretty cool. It should be noted that Shake It Off was added to Spotify this week. Ooh. How about that? So, does does do you guys want a funny story really quick? No. <sighs> no. Is it really funny uh-huh. or do you just think it's funny? It or made it you really laugh. Quick? Really? Yeah. Well, I've already heard it. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. So, Sammy, in a nutshell, this would happen because I just reminded myself of this. So, like you pointed out earlier, I ordered my iPhone 6 uh, over the last couple days, and I uh, am on the same phone plan as my parents. And my mom owns the account. My dad's a manager on the account. I'm unauthorized. So, I had to call and pretend to be my dad. And the guy was like trying to sell me on a phone for me as I was playing my dad, like trying to sell a second (laughs) phone. And so, as my dad, I was like, Oh, no, you know, I don't even know how to work this iPhone 4 that I have. My kids got it for me, and I don't know how to work these. These kids, what they know how to do with their technology. (laughs) Okay, that was funny. (laughs) Thank you. It was funny. Diane's pretending not (laughs) to laugh, but while I was doing it, she was busting up laughing. Well, I just think it's funny because, well, the whole time you were pretending to be a man who was in his 60s, you sounded like a guy in his 20s. Like, you didn't change your voice at all. So I was wondering if this guy maybe had Well, how do you birthday. change your voice to sound like you're in the 60s? You, 
Oh, when I was a kid, <laughs> I, I had know. to walk uphill both ways <laughs> in the snow to school. Pretty much. All yeah. right, Sammy, how about that next uh, submission? Um, This is from, I'm really sorry, I'm going to butcher your name. You Juan Unicorn, maybe? Um, you know you're a Swifty when a sibling say uh, when your siblings say quit listening to Taylor and listen to other artists. What? Heck no. No. Although I do listen to a lot of other artists, but heck no. All right, I am very pleased to read this <laughs> next one because it comes from a Griff ninety four on Twitter, and the reason I'm so pleased is because his name's also Adam. Mighty fine name you got there, son. Twins. <laughs> So, Griff 94 says, you know you're Swifty when you have a dream about seeing the track list of 1989 and you meet Taylor Swift in your dreams. Yes, when are we getting this track list, Taylor Swift? When is this um, happening? October 26, 2014. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. That was funny, Sammy. That's Not. too late. <laughs> too Taylor late. Swift, I would like it next week, please. I would like it tomorrow. Next week, please. Getting back to Adam's submission, <laughs> um, I... I see Taylor in my dreams all the time. I've definitely had those dreams where we go out and hang out and like eat pizza and stuff. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that that's a thing. Yeah, that happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay, best friend dream. Uh, this next one comes from Tiny Lou thirteen. Hi Lou. Lou. Um, <laughs> and she says, "You know you're a Swifty when all of your friends ref- refer to you as Taylor's biggest Australian fan." Wow, Lou. Okay, wait. Adam got to tell a story. Can I tell a story? I wasn't going to tell a story. I was just about to say that I'm willing to bet that there are a few thousand Australians listening in right now that beg to differ. That are like, no way. Me too, but I have a a story about this. Oh, jeez. Hey, you got to tell a story. Keep keep it short, Sammy. Let's go. (laughs) So I was watching iHeart. It's really short. I was watching iHeart, and my friend texted me, who is not a Taylor fan. She is a friend from outside of Taylor. And she texted me. She was like, are you listening to this radio station right now? And she, like, sent me, like, four in a row. She was like, they're playing Taylor. It's at the iHeart thing. You should listen to it. And I just texted her back, watching live stream. Thanks. (laughs) She just knew to tell me to watch it because I'm the Taylor person. As if Sammy wasn't already watching it. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Sammy, last one. Go. Um, it, this one is from. Oh, I'm gonna butcher your name too, Sophia Kucharski. Kucharski. Sophia. Okay. Hi, Sophia. I'm sorry. Um, you know you're a Swifty slash a Taylor talker when you're sent home from school sick, so you spend your day listening to old episodes and sleeping. That sounds productive. Yeah, I like that. Listening to old episodes is fun. I think. Sometimes. I think it would be awkward. That's because you're on it. I know. It's I don't like, listen to new episodes because I'm on it because it's awkward. Oh, Sammy. Oh, Sammy. <laughs> so thank you to everybody who sent those in. Keep them coming for, for future episodes, guys. You know how to send them in. Just visit taylortalk.org slash contact, and you're given lots of ways you can send those in. But before we go, we got one last segment for you called What Are Swifties Listening To? Where all of you out there share with the rest of the community what's on your iPod besides Taylor Swift. Because that one's kind of a given. We all have her on our iPods. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here right now, right? Right. Right. So, Justin left us a voicemail. Voicemail! 
Yay! Yay! Leave them, please, so we can hear your lovely voices, too. Yes, let's uh, play it from Justin. Justin, take it away, my friend. Hey, guys, this is at Justin13Swift from Twitter, and I want to submit a segment for what Swifty's listening to, and I think Swifty should be listening to anything by Bleachers. Uh, Bleachers is um, Jack Antonoff's band, so he's been writing a lot with Taylor, and Taylor actually tweeted about one of his songs a while back called I Want to Get Better. That's a really good one. Um, yeah, so go listen to his songs because they're really good, and it might give us a hint of what the next album's going to be all sounding like. He's very 80s sounding, so that's some of his inspiration. So go listen to that. Bye. Okay, first off, I actually didn't know Jack Antonoff had another band besides oh, yeah. Fun. I didn't I was supposed to go and see them, but I couldn't go. Supposedly, it's new. Just started like 2014 this year. Yeah, their first their first album just came out a couple of months ago. Like not not even like I think beginning of September. Fascinating. So I appreciate that suggestion, Justin. I want to listen to Bleachers because I like fun a lot. I'm a I'm a fun fan. (laughs) Fan of fun. A fan of fun. I like having fun. What are they called? Funyuns. Funyuns. That what the fun gross. fans funyuns like we're swifties so they're funyuns yeah funyuns is a a, a snack but well, anyway that, that, that's why it's funny i i think something we should take out of justin's voicemail here is he was mentioning that maybe it's a hint of what the music he wrote with taylor could sound like I um i i have to get back to you on that one justin with my opinion at least because i haven't heard anything by bleachers yet you should well, Sammy, opinion. if you've heard something by Bleachers, I mean, what's your opinion? Do you think it could be the direction that some of Taylor's songs are going that she wrote with Jack um, Antonoff? Uh, yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, they don't sound identical to, say, like, Shake It Off, or not Shake It Off, um, Sweeter Than Fiction, but you can definitely hear hints of the music of Shake It Off, uh, uh, Sweeter Than Fiction, um, in... Bleachers. Their songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, and I just really like them, so I would suggest that. Okay. So, um, you know, like Justin said, go check out Bleachers, Jack Antonoff's band. Should be, should be some good stuff. I'm looking forward to listening to it. So thank you for that suggestion, Justin. It's time to wrap it up for episode 152 of Taylor Talk. Remember, guys, keep all those submissions coming. If you want to contact us, you know how. You can go to taylortalk.org slash contact. If you had a great time here listening to the show, or even if you had an absolutely miserable time, <laughs> uh, which is quite possible, <laughs> although I assume if you had a miserable time, you didn't make it this far in the episode. Uh, and if you did, I congratulate you. Yeah, I congratulate really, you really if you had to put up with Diane this entire time. God, she's awful. Get that girl off the show. All right, see ya. <laughs> um, anyway, but if you do have an opinion of the show one way or the other, we'd really appreciate to hear from you guys. If you could just head over to taylortalk.org slash iTunes. It'll take you to our iTunes page. You can leave us a review there. Let us know how we're doing uh, one way or the other, hopefully positive, because that would rock my world if you guys uh, gave us a little five-star review there. I'd appreciate it. So we look forward to hearing from you guys for future episodes. Hope you enjoyed this one. Had fun. Maybe we should record late at night normally so we can be delirious no. like this and slap happy. No. <laughs> it's, uh, it's almost 4 o'clock in the morning where Sammy is right now. Meh. So, anyway, for episode 152 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast, this has been Adam. Diane. And Sammy. 
saying have a great week, guys. We'll see you all next time for 153. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.